I'm Emily. And I'm Tanner. And you're listening to the Sencia Podcast, a conversation about simplicity. Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sencia Podcast. This is Tanner. I'm here with Emily. And today we're going to talk about how to prepare for a major lifestyle change. It's pretty relevant, at least for me right now, since I'm officially going to be out of the Army um, on Friday in about two days, and then I will be packing everything up and heading to Florida on Monday morning. So big lifestyle change coming up for me. Um, what are some of the transitions that you've had? I know we've both had a lot from all the times we've moved for the military. So what's your been your experience transitioning? Yeah, I mean, we both, I mean, I grew up in the military. My dad was in the military. Um been in it my whole life both of us have moved a ton of times not only that we just have thrown into jobs that we don't necessarily know what we're doing um so we've kind of gotten used to being flexible and getting um kind of a process in place for how to deal with these changes and how to adapt and how to succeed through transition so we wanted to share some of those things with you we kind of came up with a eight-step process that we use a little bit subconsciously through all these transitions, but we're trying to codify it in a way that you guys can apply it if you're trying to transition, whether it's um, a different job or whether you just want to add something to your life or take something away or a move or anything that you want to change about your life, these steps should be able to help you make the transition a little more seamless. Yeah, I like that. So we'll jump right into our eight steps. Step one is get your mind right. So you want to talk about getting your mind right for a big transition? Yeah. So sometimes I think transition and change are seen as negatives um, where we all know that change is normal and that it's, you know, they say it's the only thing you can count on in life. Right. But we don't always think of it as a positive thing. And we're not we're not usually excited about it. We're not usually um, looking forward to a big, huge transition because it means a lot of difficulties, a lot of struggle, a lot of change. But uh, we think that if you get your mind right first, then the rest of the process will be easier. So um, I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, mindset coming first. I think mindset is everything and you get to choose that, which is pretty cool. Um, most of the time during transitions and change, you don't have control, but you do have control over your mind. So, um, you know, it's the only thing that you can kind of take charge of. And if you believe that change is a terrible thing or that it's going to be stressful or, um, that you're not ready or any of those negative thoughts that can go through your head, then that's the way it's going to be. Right. But if you believe that it's positive and that it's exciting and that you are prepared and that you can do it, then that's the way it's going to happen. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I'm going through one now and I think sometimes I think I've shared with you, I get a little anxious or a little worried every now and then. I'm pretty good about not doing that, but um, I just try to remember that it's like a reset button. It's a whole new experience. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Some of the roadblocks along the way or the challenges make it tough, but at the end it's a fresh start, a new experience. So, and I think that's been my experience every time I've had to move. I mean, 
I moved off to the East Coast right after college. I didn't know anybody, right? I mean, you moved to Japan. You probably didn't know anyone. That's a big move. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely some, didn't know anyone. Some people don't ever even leave the town they grew up in. So it's definitely, you know, you have to have a good mindset for when you take on those challenges because it's definitely difficult. But I think just keeping the positive attitude for sure makes it easier. And I know it's like not as easy as it sounds. People always say you should have a, po- a positive attitude, but um, just kind of normalizing that anxiety and worries are normal. Like they're going to happen no matter what. Like you are like you're a big, strong, strong army guy, you know, and like you still get anxious over these these types of things. And it's just life, you know, and so those feelings are going to come. But just getting over those and um, adapting and like changing your mindset is what is going to push you forward and make you successful. So, okay. So that was step one. So step two, we have find out your why. So talk about finding your why. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like I just said, changing your mindset's not the easiest thing in the world. And it does take time to be able to adapt and to see the light and the positivity in a lot of things. Um, but the first step to that is awareness of your attitude. Um, and then once you are aware, um, you have in order to like continue on with that positive attitude, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, the things that are going to keep you going when things get hard. So like for us, um, right now, I mean, the why was kind of given to us before because the military kind of made it um, a necessity. But the our why right now is we're looking for just a way to slow down and to live our values in life and to take charge and stop living on autopilot. Um, we want to, you know, be in control of our lives. And so like this huge transition that we're making, we could just carry on the way that we were. And we would have probably had a great life in the military. Like we could have been fine and we could have had success in one form or another. But um, our why is that we want to be able to choose and we want to be able to travel and be able to see, you know, the world and to live on a boat and, you know, have our values shine in what we're doing in life. And so that is really pushing us forward. And so once you find your why, um, it will help you through the tough times because they're inevitable in a time that's as major and as difficult as a lifestyle change or a transition. What do you think? What do you think your why is in this whole situation? Yeah, I think I may have said it before um, in previous podcasts, but it's just being able to control where I live, if I'm by my family, where I'm allowed to go, all of those different things, you know, the military chooses where you're going to live for the most part, um, chooses your job in a way. And I don't know, I've spent the last six years having some of those things decided for me and times pass, family's getting older, siblings are getting older, we're getting older. So I want to be able to do what I want. I want to live where I want. So I'm taking more control over, you know, my life. So that's my why. And obviously we both love to travel. So I want to be able to travel more, um, be near the ocean, be on a boat. And now's the best time as it ever, in my opinion. I mean, I don't want to wait until I'm 60 years old. I'd rather do it right now. Um, but we're also continuing, um, 
sort of like a sensible path forward. You know, we're not, we are quitting our careers and moving on to something different, but we aren't completely dropping everything that we've worked for so far. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're both leaving the military. We're both moving onto a boat, but we're both still going to school, continue our education while we're doing that and sort of setting ourselves up for future us. If we decide we only want to sail for a year or five years or 15 years, I don't know how long it'll be, but we're still continuing a path that makes sense, right? We're not just dropping everything and, and just completely getting rid of everything we've worked for our whole lives. You know, we're still continuing it. We're just altering the path slightly. Shameless plug for a book that I just read. It's really awesome. It's called Designing Your Life. And it really helps you to kind of discover what gets you going. And it could, it definitely helped me find my why um, in my career choices. It's called Designing Your Life. Like I said, it's by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. You can get it on Amazon. It's also, um, it comes with an, uh, what's it called? A workbook. So you can like work through it. Um, there's like really tangible activities. So if you don't know your why, um, if you're having trouble thinking of what's going to propel you forward, that's a good resource. And I'm sure I could share a bunch of others. Start with why by Simon Sinek, another really good book, um, about how it can kind of create success in your life. But there's a lot of resources out there of how to find your why, um, in case, you know, it's not a, something you think about all the time. So it could be difficult to come up with. Um, and what Tanner was just talking about. Um, so like he said, we're, we're trying to remain a little bit, um, rational in our, like, we're so excited to do this next step and we're, we're trying to build this plan that's going to set us up for the future. So, um, that kind of brings us into step three, which is to build your initial plan. So how did we build our initial plan at the very beginning before we even really started working out any details? Yeah. So making an initial plan is our number three. So for me, uh, once I determine I'm going to leave the military, um, I had a end goal, which was to go to Florida and find a boat. Um, so that was kind of my final point for this plan for now, at least. So goal is to leave the military, um, all of the different tasks that are required to accomplish that by the time I am actually out. And then I have to figure out, you know, how am I going to get to Florida? (laughs) So that's another plan in itself. And then, you know, once I arrive, all the different things I have to do, and then you backwards plan it, or that's how I did it. I backwards planned it, you know, looking at, the final point up until today or the day that I decided it, what are all the things that have to happen? So I chose to break it down into phases. So, you know, the first phase is going to be the preparing to move phase, which I had plenty of tasks within there to, to accomplish. Phase two was determining the transportation, you know, the moving to Florida, all the things that are encompassed in that. And then the final phase is arrival in Florida and, getting everything set up for a new life in Florida and then, you know, looking for our bigger boat. So that was kind of like my initial plan. So you said you had an end goal first and then you kind of worked backwards in the timeline that you had. So we had like, what, like six months um, ish. And so then you made a phased plan. So your first six months would be the preparation phase and then the next month would be the transition phase. And then after that would be the actually what you're going to do in Florida phase. So what did you do once you had those phases? Um, how did you kind of plan what you were going to do in each phase? Okay. Yeah. So once I had my three, you know, three pieces of the puzzle, my three phases of the entire plan, 
Uh, what I did was my first phase was preparation. So all of the things I had some goals and, you know, key tasks that I had to get done prior to my move date, which is on Monday in a few days. So the last six months I've been accomplishing those and they were, uh, getting rid of all of my debt, uh, which was, I had a jet ski that I owed on. I had a new forerunner that I owed on. So those were two things that were a big priority for me was to leave the army and leave here on this new adventure with zero debt. Um, second thing was to get rid of, um, a lot of my material possessions in order to go from living in a two or three bedroom house to a 30 foot sailboat, at least for now. So I got rid of nearly everything. Um, his house is so empty. It's crazy. I went from having quite a bit of stuff to, um, my truck's packed now. Right. So I'm leaving Monday. Um, everything that I own in the world fits in my truck right now, which is pretty crazy. So And I think like that sounds like such a huge thing and like it's so difficult, but like that goes back to number two is knowing your why and we both just want this and we know it's what's good for us. And so like getting rid of stuff, it was just stuff to us and we we had a bigger vision of, I mean, I haven't got rid of my stuff yet, so I can't really talk, but um, the bigger vision kind of outweighs our need to keep all of the little things that we've accumulated over the years, right? Yeah, exactly. And I actually feel pretty, I feel, I think I've said this a few times, I feel like lighter in a weird way. Like, you know, like not like a weight's been lifted off my chest, but more of like, just, I don't know. I just feel, it just feels like cleaner, less burdened or whatever. But I mean, I, I've gotten rid of nearly everything. I mean, the only thing I really have now is some of our camera gear and a laptop and clothes, you know, and a few other things I've kept, but that's about it. Everything else I got rid of. So feels good. Um, I'm excited. It's kind of like a reset button, honestly, in a really, really real way this time though, because everything I own is gone. Yeah, definitely a little bit extreme. Um, just to kind of bring it back and relate it to maybe something that you might be going through, like an example, an example of a transition could be something a lot smaller than what we're doing. So for you, maybe you want to become a runner or something like that. And you set this goal, you know, in six months, I'm going to run a half marathon or whatever goal it is for you. So backwards planning from that, you know, where do you start? You start from today, from right now, and you say, okay, I can run, you know, zero miles or however much it is. And then you make steps or you follow a plan, a marathon plan, a half marathon plan to get to where you are. And then I just wanted to point out that, you know, the goal is an important thing to have in a plan, but creating those habits that are going to get you to that end goal is way more important. So coming up with the plan is something that is going to give you that end goal, but you have to build daily habits. Like if your goal was running, you need to run every day or you need to run three times a week. If your goal is to go live on a sailboat, you know, you have to create a new habit of being a minimalist and getting not buying things all the time and you know starting to make different meals that you can make on a boat or you know making small changes in your life that are going to allow that goal to become a reality so um, once you make your plan once you make your end goal and your phases and you make your key tasks in those phases make sure that you're creating new habits that are going to allow you to be um, more successful in accomplishing your goal Um, and one of those habits could be 
monetary. So our next step, step four, is to build a budget. So once you have your initial plan, it's kind of a roadmap or just like a an outline. And now you need to refine. So the first step in that refining process is building your budget. So um, I know you've kind of gotten a little further in this than I have because you're actually leaving on Monday. Um, but what kinds of things were you thinking about when you were building your budget? Since you're going to, you know, you're quitting your job, basically, you're going to have other ways of working, but you have to reevaluate your entire salary and your entire um daily spending habits. So what were you kind of thinking when you're going through that process? So I took, you know, what my salary is now and I took, you know, rent, Spotify payment, Netflix, whatever, all those different things that pull from your money every month. I just created a current, the current situation I'm in on a spreadsheet, you know, looking at what I'm bringing in, what's going out, right? Pretty basic stuff. Everyone does this most of the time. Most people do this type of thing. Um, and then I took um, what my cost of living was going to be and a pretty good estimate upon moving on to the boat and living in Florida, right? So, and I took all of the different things that I could get rid of, um, you know, obviously subtracting those, like I got rid of my car payment, my jet ski payment, insurance on those vehicles. I got rid of my rent, you know, which I still have rent for the marina, but it's not nearly as, as much as a house. So... I was able to basically, you know, look at the difference in those two things, see what my bottom line is going to be to survive. And then, like she said, I'm stopping my job. So how much money am I going to have to make to survive? Right. So that was my bottom line. Um, Then I looked at, okay, how much money am I going to need to make per month, per year, per day to survive? you know, how much money do I need to make if I want to live somewhat more comfortably, like a little cushion, and then how much money do I want to make if I want to actually save money. So those kind of gave me like three little, uh, I guess, points of, I don't know, just different points to look at when I'm starting to look at, you know, do I want to work remotely, which is a goal of mine is to not have to go and work in an office anymore, right? So I now that I know my three different areas of you know, money flow or, you know, I can start to look at jobs and figure out if it's worth it to me to work remotely. Do I need to work part-time somewhere? Do I need to work full-time somewhere? Um, so that's how I went through with the budget and also looking at schooling, right? We looked at GI bill benefits and how much it's going to cost for books and blah, 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 all that stuff. But we took some, or I took some serious time to sit down and look at these numbers and I didn't just dive into it just with no idea, you know, how, how the money situation was going to work. But so basically what he did was he put together a spreadsheet. So write down all the things that you owe monthly. And that's easy enough these days to just look at your bank account statement and just write down all the recurring, you know, payments or track your spending for a couple of months and see like what you're spending on everything. So that includes groceries, you know, eating out, internet payments, rent, um, school, any debt payments that you have, anything like that, and make a number that will allow you to survive. So step one is what do you need to survive? And then step two, like you said, what does he need to live comfortably, um, which might include like going out to eat every once in a while or being able to, you know, spend some money on 
swimming with the dolphins or doing an excursion or whatever when you're traveling. Um, and then his last step was figuring out what he needed to make in order to have that savings, build that savings, which is actually really important. Um, and so that was the goal to get to that third number where, you know, you could survive and live comfortably and have savings, but that might not come at the very beginning. So that was kind of the process. And then, you know, once you write all of that down, then you can decide what your yearly salary needs to be in order to do that. And so another thing, I mean, I think we also cut out a lot of stuff. So like, I mean, you don't always need to spend all the money that you're spending. So like we're spending, how much is the boat payment or the boat uh, marina payment now? It is $800 a month. Yeah. And what are you paying for rent now in your house? $1,500 a month. Yeah. So that's $700 a month that we're saving on rent. So that gives us a lot of leeway as far as like what we need to make. Um, so like making cuts like that where you need to can also really help you to live out your dreams and to be able to make these huge transitions. Um, if you're living the way you're living now, then obviously you're probably going to spend all the money you have. Cause that's how we are. If we start, if we make, if we get a raise, then we're going to start living in that new salary bracket and we're going to start spending all of our money. Um, but you know, we, we can't always cut things out. So the budget is flexible and it all depends on what you want and what your goals are. And so we're cutting out a lot of stuff because we're trying to simplify and we're trying to not have to work 40 hours a week in an office building, but it can look different depending on what your goals are. Yeah. And I won't talk too much about specific numbers, but after doing the math on, you know, all the bills I have now versus what my bottom line is going to be once we get to the boat, it's around, I don't know, five times cheaper, something like that. Crazy amount cheaper once you really cut it all out. So yeah, the goal is to maximize freedom of time, freedom of, you know, traveling, um, not be tied down. And so, you know, if you really do minimalize, you're giving yourself the freedom and you the amount of money that you have to make, like you're talking about getting a raise, you know, you're raising your your uh the way you're living with how much money you're making you know you're then relying on that salary i mean if now that we're going to cut back so much like we're not we're not a prisoner to that number anymore it's so low that the options we have are vastly greater than having a high cost of living so everyone knows that money doesn't equal happiness like it's such a common saying but like how are we actually living that you know like we live our day to day and we work to be able to live, right? You want to um, work to live, not live to work, right? Yeah, that's what I want. Everyone is living to work, right? Yeah, I've always said that. I mean, some people, they're like, I get it. I mean, some people like really love their job and their passion. Like they love the work they do. That's great. Those people are living to work. I've always been like of the mindset that I am working so that I can live, so that we can travel, so that we can do fun things, so I have the financial freedom to do to have experiences. I'm not so concerned about, you know, being a logistics officer and just being working, you know, super hard at that and being the best logistics officer all the time. I don't really care. I'd much prefer to enjoy life and enjoy the experience while we're young and capable. So, um, after you build your budget or after you think through kind of what you need to live, the next thing that we propose is step five and that's do some research. And so, a lot 
of people are doing probably what you want to do. So like before we had this sailing dream, I had no idea that there were people out there our age sailing around the world and making videos about it. Like no idea. But we started to do some research and we started to look at what other people were doing and you learn so much. Like the internet, everyone knows this already, but the internet is amazing. You can literally find anything out there. So go do some research. How did those people get to where they are? They are one step further than you are. So what are they doing and how did they get there? And how can you take some of the things that they did and apply it to your own life? Um, Maybe like take a course online or just watch YouTube videos or, you know, there's tons of blogs out there that have tons of tips on them. Most of it's free. So just go out there and do some research on what your goal is and, you know, read books, talk to people, get out there. So what kinds of things have you learned from us doing that research and like sitting on the couch at night watching sailing videos? Well, before we got into this, I did not know. I think you were the same way. I didn't even realize that you could live on a boat um, for like less than 200. I mean, I don't even know what the number is. Like, Yeah, I like pictured these like giant yachts and rich people. And like I had I thought that's what living on a boat meant. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I had no idea, you know, how much a marina payment for a month is or how much mooring fees are or that anchoring can be free or what, you know, whatever, all, you know, all those different nuances, but I didn't know any of those things. I didn't know that the systems and boats these days can allow you to be nearly fully self-sustaining, which cuts those energy bills down. And, um, you know, obviously if you're doing a good job provisioning and eating on your boat and, you know, you're going to save a lot of money there as well. So, I mean, I, I just had no idea. Um, but after, all the research we've done, it's seems doable. It's absolutely doable and we're going to do it. So, um, I'm excited. So do your research, um, back to that running goal, for example, go Google a half marathon plan. There's like a million out there. And the reason we said, make your initial plan before you do your research is because it allows you to come up with your own goals and what fits into your life before you go adapting to what other people are doing this research is to enhance your plan not for you to just copy other people's lives because the point of all of this the point of the lifestyle change is for you to make the most out of your life in whatever way fits you the best so um use the research in whatever way works for you um and don't just you know say oh this person is doing it this way i have to do it this way comparison is not what we're trying to be proponents of here it's just finding tips and finding what works and maybe using them so you don't have to learn the hard way so um, after you do your research and make your budget our step number six is to revise your initial plan so based on the budget based on the research um, look at the dreams and the goals that you made in your initial plan and do some revisions to adapt to what you have learned through all of your research Um, for example like Maybe you thought you wanted a $50,000 boat and then after looking at your finances, you realize you can only afford like a $30,000 boat. Um, And so you got to adjust, you know, what you're looking for. You got to adjust maybe where you're going. Um, Maybe you found some additional things you want to add or take away from your plan from doing research. Um, So yeah, for me, just an example, um, I have been kind of working towards being a doctor for a really long time. And 
once I started to really get in there and do the research um, and read and listen to other people who had gone through it, I realized that being a doctor wasn't really what I wanted and that being a physician assistant would fulfill all of the things that I wanted out of going into medicine um, and just fit way better into my lifestyle. And so like, there's a lot of people that love being a doctor and a lot of people that hate it. And the same with PA, which is physician assistant. But for me, reading that research and looking at my budget and my initial plan, I just realized that for my life, the revision to try to go to PA school instead was going to work a lot better. So that's kind of how it played in um, to my life. I don't know if you have any examples or like things that you found um, through your research or through budgeting or anything else that kind of made you change the initial plan that you had back in January. Yeah, I mean, as we've developed our own plan together, my plan has been revised quite a bit. Um, And also our journey of coming up with our whole model of, you know, the podcast, the website, the vlogging and the, the blogging, all those things. That was a lot of, that was a lot of, you know, learning and trial and error and just a lot of work. And that has definitely revised my plan because I'm starting to realize how much time and effort that's going to take. Also, you know, looking at our plan of getting a new boat. I mean, we've looked at tons and tons of different styles of boats, walkthroughs and layouts and center cockpits and whatever. Like we've been looking at all kinds of stuff, but we do now know kind of, you know, the six or seven models that we want to go find. Uh, We know generally what our budget's going to be because we agreed upon together about how much we want to spend. So, I mean, I feel like the initial plan was pretty bare bones and pretty kind of a outline, but things have flushed out a lot over the last six months. And I feel like it's a pretty well thought out plan. I mean, at least from my point of view, people may be listening and you guys are freaking crazy. I don't know. But to me, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I know the direction we're going. I understand a lot of the things that we have to get done. Um, the to-do list is long, but I think we've really thought through it a lot and really revise this plan and uh, I'm ready to execute it. Another thing that um, just kind of helped me and I don't know, maybe it helped you too along the way in the revision step was like talking it out. Like if you can find someone to either listen to your plan and point out things that they think might not work or something like that, I think just like us running things by each other was like a huge thing that kind of revised and shaped our plan to actually turn into something that was doable versus, you know, something that was just kind of a far-fetched dream. Yeah. And so as the plan starts to go into execution mode, you're going to have setbacks. So I don't want anyone or in, and us to be discouraged as those things happen because, you know, you can't fight the plan is what they say in the military. They're always Things are always going to go wrong. And really all you can do is uh, maintain your positive attitude, understand the goal in the finish line, and to always, at least from my point of view, is just always making the next rational, logical decision that's going to lead you to that finish line. You know, don't get too upset about, you know, whatever happens along the way. And they may be big roadblocks and they may not be. They may be little things, but you got to always maintain that good mindset and the finish line. Where are you trying to go and always be pushing for that? So what do you think about dealing with setbacks? 
Yeah, so that's step seven in our phased approach to transitioning is to expect those setbacks. Like your plan is not going to happen how you planned it. That's just how life works. Um, And if you know that in advance and you expect that these setbacks are going to happen, you're not going to be surprised or disappointed when they do. You're just going to say, okay, like how do we move forward? And then you go back to step six and you revise your plan again. And it's just a circular cyclical thing of like, getting back in the right mindset, realizing, you know, what you want to do and then revising your plan. So, um, you know, take a deep breath. Things are going to work out. Um, as long as you know what you want, things are going to happen. I actually have an interesting story during basic training. Um, we got into our dorm rooms and I did not know what I was getting myself into. I did not do the research and I was not ready. Um, And after, you know, hours and hours of getting yelled at and, you know, just um, craziness, I was like, what am I doing here? And I walked into my dorm room and I found, I opened up the little like mirror cabinet above my sink and there was a magnet in there and it said, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And I still have that magnet, um, what, 12 years later? Um, I just looked at it and I was like, I can get through whatever. Like, I can get through this moment. I can get through the next moment. I'm going to take it day by day. And, you know, there's always an end in sight, no matter how big the roadblock is or how bad you think you have it. And so I just, you know, I really took that to heart. And I think if you just realize that when you're in the thick of a hard time, it's not the end. Something else is coming. Then it kind of makes it easier to get through it. Yeah. And like I was saying, don't fight the plan. I feel like at least from all the training that, you know, we've had, or at least from my experience, uh, you do a lot of planning, right? That's very important, but it's more of like a, like a lane to stay in. It's not like a direct path. Things will vary and you know, it's never going to be what you might think it's going to be, but as long as you can maintain course and go towards, you know, the general direction of where you're trying to go, you're going to be fine. I think another thing too, is just to have like that mindset that no, like whenever things do go wrong or crazy or whatever, you just have to always be like focused on the goal and just rather than like letting it get to you or, you know, breaking down from things going wrong, you just need to like make sure that you have laser focus on like, what are you trying to achieve? And don't let those things ruin that mindset or that focus, you know, and and like I said before, is always just what is the next most logical, rational decision that is going to lead you to where you want to be? That's what you should choose next. You know, what makes sense, not don't let it get, don't get emotionally unstable and and start to lose your focus and lose the goal and lose sight of it. You should just always maintain that focus and always be pushing towards what the end result that you want is. Okay. This might be super cheesy, but I just got this vision in my head of bowling. So like think of when you're bowling and there's no bumper guards in real life, right? You know, those like things that pop up and like make the ball stay in the lane that doesn't exist in real life. So like the balls, your goal is to hit down the pins and the ball's not always going to make it all the way down without falling off, but the ball always comes back, right? So like you always have another chance every day to get up and refocus on your goal and to throw that ball again and try to hit the pins again. You know, um, it's not always going to work, but you always get another shot. So that was just my really random analogy that popped into my head. So I thought that I would share. Um, and so the last step 
Um, step eight is just to get quiet and to slow down and to like not get caught up or wound up in all of the things you need to do. So we were actually talking about this today. We have so many things to do, so many things. Um, and Tanner is leaving in like three days. And so sometimes you can get paralyzed by just like the craziness and like the to-do list and the checklists and all the things that need to happen before this goal is going to come into play. But if you're able to just get quiet and for me, like it's either a walk out in nature, even just in your neighborhood, or I'm a really big proponent of meditation, even if it's just sitting there for, you know, five seconds and closing your eyes and just refocusing, um, some way for you to get out of the craziness that is external life of like trying to change your plan, right? So I think that like quiet time of any kind, whatever that really means to you, is pretty crucial for just allowing your brain to function optimally and to like actually be able to, we were talking about this too, like to think creatively and to be able to come up with new steps. Because if you're going through a change or a transition, it's not going to be status quo. It's not going to be like you can just be on autopilot and live every day like you've lived the past like week, right? So in order to be able to think of new ideas and to move forward in your plan, you have to give your mind space to breathe and space to think and not just be caught up in the what's next on the to-do list cycle, right? So our last step is just like slow down, take a breath, and and allow yourself to be creative and to change the plan if you want to or to take a step back or to do what's right for you in that moment. So just to recap, eight steps, right? So step one, get your mind right. Step two, find your why. Step three, make your initial plan. Step four, build your budget. Step five, do some research. Step six, revise that plan. Step seven, expect setbacks. And then step nine, get quiet. And then step eight, get quiet. All right, so those are our eight steps for going into a major lifestyle transition or change, right? Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, Be on the lookout for the next one because it's going to be a doozy. I will be moving to Florida and we will have to figure out how to do these podcasts being 3,000 miles apart. So wish us luck and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Sincia Podcast. Please like, rate, comment, or share if you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to support us, you can by subscribing to our YouTube channel or Patreon, where you can get some additional content and some cool swag. Check out our website at sailingsincia.com, where you can learn more about us and our mission and links to all the content we produce each week. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.